Vargas Kahl, War Chief of Clan Mountain Fist, Commander of the 2nd Irregular Operations Division of the Anti-Kevoth Coalition, woke up to pain. The entire right side of his body was screaming with a burning so intense it nearly knocked him right back into unconsciousness. His ears were ringing, and there was something wrong with his vision. It was blurry and glared, and he seemed to only be able to see half as much as he should be able to. He tried to sit up, to move his body at all, and couldn't. Stop, he thought to himself. Collect yourself. Breathe. Stifle the pain. Vargas's breathing slowed as he focused on dealing with the pain. He'd been trained from a young age to accept pain. Not to ignore it. Ignoring the signals your body sent you only led to disaster. But to accept it. To acknowledge the pain was there and was a part of you. So you could move on to more important matters. As he pushed the pain to the back of his mind, Vargas slowly became aware of his surroundings. The first thing to hit him was the smell. Charred skin. Burnt hair. Awful. Blood. Smells of battle. His ears had stopped ringing, but the sounds he could hear still had a strange, muffled quality to them. Something must have badly damaged his hearing. He was laying on his back, but he wasn't horizontal. He seemed to be lying on top of some kind of mound. It felt bumpy and irregular beneath him. Some parts part as rock, others soft enough that he was sinking partly into them. He looked out at the landscape in front of him, trying to see through the strange glare. He blinked and nearly passed out again as a fresh wave of intense, burning pain flared out from the right side of his face. Staring out ahead, he saw two large mounds. There was movement around them. Focusing his vision as best he could, he saw a pair of figures walking up the further of the two mounds. He recognized one of them immediately, even from that distance and with his sight failing. It was the woman the one with the scars. She still had that strange, horrible weapon strapped to her. As he watched, the other figure backed up, and the woman pointed the tube-like handpiece of the weapon at the mound. Searing liquid fire erupted from its end, immediately setting the entire thing ablaze. The smells all worsened, and Vargas realized what he was seeing. It was a funeral pyre. He turned his gaze to the closer mound, and sure enough, was able to make out that it was a pyramid of bodies piled haphazardly onto a clump of broken palisade. Far, far too many of the bodies had long black hair. Too many of them had tattoos and war paint that he recognized. As he watched, two of those surviving metal things, the Gearsmen, as the League was calling them, came into sight, dragging another body. He recognized it as Elric, who had hoped to become Elric Mel if he was able to prove himself in this battle. The creatures turned towards him, and he quickly shut his eyes, ignoring the flare-up of pain when he did so. He felt more than heard the thump as the body of the young man who was so eager to serve under him was tossed unceremoniously onto his pyre. He waited for a ten count, then reopened his eyes. A figure was standing over him. It wasn't one of his warriors, and it certainly wasn't a member of the Technic League. The massive figure had to be over seven feet tall, was clad head to toe in plain, dull iron armor. The armor looked ancient beyond time, battered and dented, yet still powerful in some indescribable way. Vargas raised his gaze to the helmeted face. For just a moment, he thought he saw the eyes of an orc through the vertical bars of the visor, but as his vision blurred and refocused, he realized he was wrong. The figure was clearly human, with the dark, hard eyes that could only be those of a Kellid. Who? <gasps> he tried to say, who are you? But his throat was too dry, and his jaw hurt too much to form even the shape of the words. The towering, armored figure lifted its right hand, raising the short, plain sword Vargas hadn't noticed before that it was holding. So, he thought, this is how it ends. Stabbed by some random giant atop a pile of my dead kin. Wonder if Mother saw this in any of her visions. As the horrible, scarred woman moved on to the second pyre in the distance, as the remnants of his army burned to ash around him, as the armored figure began the slow downward swing of its sword, Vargas Kahl accepted his fate and closed his eyes for what he was sure was the last time. This is Pod Against the Machine.
Welcome to Pod Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play <laughs> podcast that dares to stay in book one for 300 episodes. <laughs> we don't care. Who cares about book two? Book two, pff, maybe in 2025. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hello. 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 But yeah, think how easy book one will be when we're like level seven. I don't understand why more pods don't think about this. <laughs> you guys are just, you know, getting through. Our XP threshold for leveling continues to increase. But as long as we keep farming all the like local dangers or what have you, we will get there. It's just about stamina, about commitment. <laughs> and how many teenagers we want to fight on the beach. But we will get there. Yeah. We don't have to kill them. I mean, Dolga's got to be worth at least half a level. Like anyone who's played a Final Fantasy game knows, if you continue along the storyline without pausing to grind for multiple levels, the battles will be really, really hard. So don't do that. You heard it here. You got to have the right Esper equipped so that when you level up, you gain the things that you need. (laughs) It's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Back in my day, it was Final Fantasy three before they realized it was six. I was gonna say, wasn't three the one that was actually six? <laughs> All right. Well, when last we left our heroes, they had done some shopping, done some imprisoning, done some talking to people about town, some sleeping, and a little bit of investigating, and then they went back under the mountain one last time to try to clear out the remaining threats to the town after discovering that the two decks that they had been hotly anticipating exploring were crushed and totally unusable. They found their way back to the engineering deck, shut down some friendly robots who just were trying to do their jobs, and then popped open a door to find a menacing, nearly six and a half foot tall, rusty menace holding a metal truncheon and speaking some Androphin, demanding some surrender. So that's where we find ourselves right now. And I think now's as good a time as any to roll for initiative. Yeah. What do we think? We, we good with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, the battle music just started in my head. So it's too late to not. All right, well, what'd you get for initiative? 11 total is not good battle music. 11. Same, but your bonus is higher. All right, uh, what did Vargas get? Uh, Vargas got a 17, and before anybody else who might have got that asks, he has a plus two bonus. All right, and Brixby, what did you get? Brixby would be the person to ask, because he also got a 17 with a plus three bonus. Fed up. All right, we get a gearsman with a gun. As the... He doesn't have a gun, he has a truncheon. No, he he's taking Asher's place, and oh, Jeff is okay. going to play a gearsman with a gun. He's joining the party, I gotcha. Yeah, we're giving him Asher's right. gun. He's going to take a few steps forward, and after uttering his menacing and dropping message demanding your surrender, he doesn't even give you a chance to, before stepping up to Kira, straddling the mutilated corpse of an orc, and swinging his metal truncheon. That is a nat 20. Okay, well that shield spell is not going to help anyway. What would have helped the confirmation? Yeah, so to confirm, we have an 18 versus flat-footed. I think that is not going to do it. Well, the ring of protection. Nope, we're good. Hooray! So it's not a confirmed crit. does not confirm. I'm so freaking strong right now. (laughs) Wow. So you're going to feel pretty good about that for a minute. And let's see. That is 16 bludgeoning damage, 2 electricity damage. Yikes. And uh, 
you're going to need to just make a real quick fortitude save. All right, well, got that part. Oh, maybe I do not got that part. Uh, 14? You're all right. Now this item, uh, this weird little truncheon as it cracks you across the face, it emits a high-pitched whine that something about it doesn't feel great, but whatever it is, you manage to shake it off. And uh, Brixby is up. All right. Uh, Brixby is going to cast uh, in his current square. He originally had a different plan, but after seeing this whack, Kira, um, see him sort of grit his teeth, square his jaw, begin to cast. Uh, it's just verbal and somatic. After that, he's going to take one step to the west and one step to the southwest to enter into Kira's square. Then he is going to reach out. He's going to attempt a touchy against this uh, this gears person here. And I am to assume that they are made out of metal. Uh, that would be a pretty safe assumption. Alrighty, 13 on the die with my melee touch attack. Um, plus nine gives me 22 to hit their touch AC. Uh, that does hit, does, is that the sort of thing that would provoke an attack of opportunity? That's why I cast initially before I dude it into the square to give the touchy touch. All right. And here comes 46 of damage. Um, got a couple fours on my D6s here, a five and a one, giving me 14 electricity damage. 14 electricity damage. Well, this guy, he shudders and shakes at that electricity, and it seems to really hit him a lot harder than 14. Yay. And he seems to seize and slump a bit, arms hanging at his side for just a second, and then servos whir, and the machine recovers from whatever that was. But yeah, that definitely hurt it. Excellent. And uh, yeah. Bricks will turn back, even though he's shared this knowledge, he's like, Seems electricity is our best bet. And uh, that's the end of his turn. And that'll bring us over to Vargas. First thing he's going to do is start yelling tips to everyone else that I think nobody but Asher is going to even understand. So he points at Kira, he says, Kira, mastun nakaran dajpari. And then he points at Brixby, says, Brixby, BG. And he points to Asher, Dan Tarif Derimin Linen. And so Asher would hear him say, Kira, don't block, dodge. Brixby, keep using lightning. Asher, circle around. Then he is going to cast as uh, Brixby did, Shock and Grasp. While he is still out of range, he is actually going to move up into melee with this thing, but it will be a 16 against touch. That, that hits. That is 10 points of damage. All right, and once again, it seems like that does more than it felt like it should, and the electricity just kind of ripples through this rusted robot, and it its movements are getting jerkier. It's sort of spasmic almost. Free action, Vargas yells, Osman uh, Tamba Talwar. Osman Tamba Talwar. And uh, I think that brings us to Kira. Cool. Kira has no idea what Vargas said, but she will give him a thumbs up anyway and then turn back to the thing because she's very annoyed that this machine has hurt her before she's gotten to hit it and she will rage. Let's go with um, sword. Great sword, adamantine, great sword. Which may or may not have been what he was yelling. Oh, great. See? Done. Um, that's going to be a 14 plus 10, 24 to hit. <laughs> 24 will hit. Yay. 4 plus 9, 13 points of damage. All right, and that is the adamantine longsword? Yes. Uh-huh. Great sword. Yeah, great sword. Sorry. But that all seems to cut through. And this thing is looking pretty beat up. I'm also just going to add in this thing that I should have said before I attack. As Kira enters Rage, you see the tattoos on her arms start to glow purple again, but instead of forming that shield around her, instead, it's almost like her whole entire outline becomes a little fuzzy. Some might say blurry. She's like, ah, what is that? Okay, all right, whatever, and goes back to hitting the thing. And we'll just have it 
that means something that I've forgotten, but don't hit me again. That's my turn. And that takes us to Asher. Asher will mostly ignore what Vargas said about circling around and instead we'll take a five foot step to the northeast and fire an adamantine bullet at this gearsman the natural 20 on the neapolitan dice i'm gonna take this thing out right now that's big yeah let's roll to confirm please please and a 21 against touch AC to confirm. <laughs> yeah, 21 against touch will confirm the critical hit. This episode is going to be 20 minutes. Woo! Oh, that is 26 points of damage. <laughs> including the point blank shot. Very nice. Well, the creature, or the gearsman rather, uh, its head snaps backwards in the dimly lit glass ball on its face uh, flickers out and it falls to the ground, apparently deactivated. Yay! <laughs> wow, we just one-rounded a gearsmith. This is amazing. We almost got ourselves killed by like a collector's robot, like, I don't know, like three days ago <laughs> in game or whatever, two days ago. So this is substantial. Asher will, as his turn ends, say to the party remember it can heal itself once a day perhaps continue to strike it until it appears completely inert and after asher says that this thing's head sort of snaps to attention and goes up to a 90 degree angle with its body and it's lying on its back on the ground that single oversized eye that was just very dimly lit and kind of brown color starts glowing brighter and staring with this new intelligence as it's sort of more of an orange light now and it it stares directly at asher just like straight across the floor and makes eye contact in a way where it seems to almost comprehend and the voice from the robot it's completely new oh This is interesting. Hello there. And the the robot doesn't do anything else but lay on the floor and it says hello. And it is Brixby's turn. Uh, Ah. Sam. (laughs) Brixby is going to. It's going to take a five foot step to the north. Actually, to the northwest. No, actually to the east. Sorry, sorry. Brisby's going to take a step to the east out of Kira's Square. And is it speaking in common at this point? It is. Brisby will say... So what did it say? This is weird? This is strange? I believe it said, this is interesting, and hello there. This is interesting. General Kenobi. Um, No, (laughs) so Brisby will... Say, yeah, quite interesting. Hello. There. Who am I addressing? Is he ending his turn there? Yeah, I think so. I think um he's gonna that's that's a free action. I'm gonna ready to shoot it with a spell if it gets up and menaces anyone. Alright. And Vargas is up. Vargas is basically having a nom flashback, so I'm trying to figure out how I can uh, not kill this thing without feeling like I'm breaking character. That is 100% what he would do, but I, the player, really want to see where this is going. You know, I'm going to say that he's so weirded out by this new voice that he just holds his turn. All right, and Kira? Yep, I guess I'll also hold. (laughs) How about Asher? Asher's going to make a diplomacy check against a robot. (laughs) Hello, indeed. Perhaps we can have a conversation about how interesting this is uh, without any need for violence. 
Ah, only a four on the dice, so a 14. <laughs> well, it was fun while it lasted, guys. You botched your one chance to talk to a robot. And the robot is still you know, staring directly at Asher, and it says, Sorry, this isn't working at all. I can't hear you. Oh well. It's a promising development, anyways. And then it collapses. The light goes out. Oh no! And the robot seems to be dead. I'd like to think the party is doing what all of us are currently doing. I just lean directly <laughs> into my microphone, so I imagine Brixby is just leaning as far on his like little rat toes as the center of gravity allows him to get close to that robot while also just making the, like, face. Are we out of turn order? Like, can Asher run up there with the knowledge engineering? Yeah, we are out of initiative. This thing is... appears to be inert. Yeah, let's... Can we, what is going on, Sam? Can the dice tell us? <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, did we just, like, miss out on a cool side quest or something? Let's see. It's a 25 knowledge engineering... Yeah, I feel very sad. Yeah, with a 25, I would say uh, (laughs) that definitely, the voice definitely seemed to be mechanical in nature, but at the same time, it was a totally different voice from what the gearsman used right when you opened the door, and it was speaking common. So it seemed to be something else that was like using the gearsman body for a second. And uh, whatever it was, it's gone. I wonder if it was What's-His-Face, the, uh... Hellion? Meandus God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that close enough to, like, a possession sort of thing that a religion role would yield anything? Or Arcana, or...? Uh, you could give religion a shot. Shouldn't have re-rolled that dice. It's only an 11 total. Yeah, I would say it's possible. But it's very hard to say. I mean, a machine being possessed by a spirit like a living body would be is kind of something that's pretty out of the norm and pretty out of any anybody's wheelhouse here. Perhaps the gear father can shed some insight on this. I don't know what's going on, but whatever that voice was, it emanated from the gearsman, but it may have been something else entirely. I'm sure it has nothing to do with it, but Brixby would like to check the machine next to the gears. Uh, you want to roll a perception? Or... Ah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose we <laughs> do roll dice in this game and not just look at stuff. All right, I rolled a 12 on the die for a 21. With a 21, this device on the south wall, this huge machine, appears to be some kind of fabricating machine or something like that and it's filled with fragments of dozens of strange parts of devices like it, it, there's not really coherent machines for the most part it's just like little bits like waiting to be put together but there is a little yellow hand-sized unit with a little almost tiny wand attached to it that looks like it's a completed item if you want to roll engineering on that one yeah um and bricks will go as far as to also call asher over to show him as well ready and that's an 11 plus my 11 for a 22 and 25 total again for asher between the two of you you can recognize this item as a time-worn chemalizer a chemalizer is a handheld unit with an extendable wand tipped with a sampling nozzle it grants a plus five competence bonus on all craft alchemy or knowledge engineering checks to identify an unknown pharmaceutical, poison, chemical, or substance. It cannot aid in the identification of magical effects or items like potions. Does it use, like, batteries or anything? Yeah, it runs on a battery. Okay, cool. We have, like, a bunch of those. Well, that's neat in case we have any weird liquids we need to determine. I know Sandville did. Yeah, I don't know. This is cool. Seems like this would help us, um... What would you say, Asher, uh, analyze substances? Yes, I, I don't believe anything magical like a potion, but other sorts of pharmaceuticals, perhaps alchemical things. Yes, it could actually be very helpful. Well, 
I guess it's good we came in here then. He'll hand it to Kira. And Asher kind of sadly reloads. And he looks perplexed at what had happened with the robot. And just says, I don't know what that voice was, where it originated. But it didn't seem hostile. It seemed inquisitive. I don't know what to make of it, but it makes me... Well, I don't know how to feel. Curious, at least. Well, if it helps, whatever it was just now wasn't the thing it was when it tried to kill us. So it's a good thing you, you know, um, murdered it? Kind of flinches at the murder. <laughs> <laughs> and for all we know about Giesman, we know nothing. They still very mysterious what they do in Starfall. Ah. We don't know where that voice could have come from. I guess what Briggs is trying to convey is this might not be a unique thing to this one situation. Because as far as I understand, like we don't really know a lot about the Gearsmen. They're just there. Vargas is going to kneel down over it and then slam his fist through the metal eye. And he looks up and he says, Our unk, uh, sorry, the eye. You kill them permanently by smashing through the eye. They may not be alive, but their brain, if you want to call it that, seems to work fairly similar. Speaking of brains working, he kind of swivels back around on the chair in front of the terminal. Well, what just happened back there? Vargas. I... I could understand this robot better than you. I may have lost myself there for a moment. I apologize. I... I've said before I do not have the best history with the League or their machines. Seeing one of these may have uh, caused an issue. Well, um, listen, if you ever, he looks down at the robot and looks back up, just let us know if we can do anything, okay? Will do. Bricks will scuttle back to the terminals. Is there anything on those? These all appear to be powered down. Looks like this thing is just kind of running on autopilot, this room. But if you're messing with the terminal back there, you might notice that the keyboard doesn't sit quite right. Hmm. Do I need to roll something? Or can I just examine it? I think you can just examine it, maybe. If you pick up the keyboard, you do find a white keycard that somebody has stuck to the underside of the keyboard. Oh, That makes sense. Well, you know, we would have had to go in here if we didn't, like, make it through the door with those rolls earlier anyway. And it's not like we needed those sky medals. So it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. All right, cool. Bricks is going to turn around and be like, well, when it rains, it pours. Key cards. Numeria, I guess. Uh, the adage doesn't track. I have yet to witness this phenomenon, but it could have certainly been useful if it had taken place before we explored under this hill. And we haven't checked the gearsmen, right, for anything. Right. Yeah, he had, like, a weird club, didn't he? He did indeed. A plus five Vorpal returning axiomatic truncheon. <laughs> Stick. Uh, he had a sturdy two-foot-long truncheon, um, which I would say would take a knowledge engineering to analyze. Yeah, 24. Sure, that's would be better than me. Yep. Yeah, 24 is enough to tell you that you're looking at a neural inhibitor. While powered down, it functions as a light mace, effectively, but while activated, which is a swift action that consumes one charge... A high-density power core housed in the weapon's head generates a high-pitched whine that causes momentary disorientation in a creature struck. 
Each time the weapon hits a target, it consumes one charge, and the creature struck must succeed at a fortitude save or suffer trauma to its central nervous system. And for one round, a creature that fails at saving throw takes a minus one penalty on attack rolls, skill checks, and will saves, as well as a minus four penalty on concentration checks. The duration of this effect with multiple hits stack from the neural inhibitor. <sighs> so that's a fun one. Sounds like that'd be horrible to get hit with that. Yikes. Yeah, it'd be particularly bad against if anybody wants to play anti-caster somewhere down the line. Because it seems like negative one to everything is one thing, but like getting someone's concentration down by four and crowding them out. That could be really good for a frontliner, possibly, if we want to hold on to it. So I think with the room thoroughly tossed um, and the mystery of the gears person's second voice dissipating, Brex will turn back to the party, bloodlust kind of coming out of our eyes. Uh, so no more floors. The only things that we know that are still living in here. All those little pustules and plant friend. What would you all like to do? Well, I don't believe either of those can escape of their own free will. I am reluctant to leave them simply a touch away. No key cards required. All it takes is a wandering youth with no library to spend their time come down here on a dare, start exploring, and then, well, all of their red food being consumed, or they can track leprosy. Youths just tracking their leprosy all over the place. <laughs> that shouldn't be funny. <laughs> Indeed, if I had a silver piece for every time, youths came by the town and said, oh no, I've also got the leprosy. Well... I'd have four silver and eleven copper. <laughs> what do you two think? It probably would be a good idea to deal with both of those there. Much easier to stumble into for someone from town than anything in this level. And speaking of this level, now that the torch itself is back on, I wonder if we shouldn't do what we did before we fought that woman and go back up the elevator and re-disable it, make sure no one else can get back to this level. I just really hate that plant, so I wouldn't mind cutting it in half. Well, your thirst for revenge does sort of dampen our otherwise noble intentions. I nevertheless can't fault the ends of this endeavor and suggest we go and pay a visit to our plant friend. It's still kind of noble. Like, um, like, what if we leave a nice note that said, sorry, I hate you, but sorry. I guess we haven't ascertained whether or not it's literate. I also question the sincerity of sorry paired with I hate you. I know you're really into this board game we've talked about, but again, apologies that come from the heart are the only apologies that can be taken and meaningful. That's fair. Uh, on the plus side, that thing won't have to take any apologies because it'll be dead. As the morality conversation continued on our way to the elevator, was there anything on those orcs? Um, yeah, they had the same gear as all the other orcs. Um, so like a masterwork butler. Butler. Oh, thank you for liberating <laughs> me from this corpse. Uh. <laughs> masterwork, too. <sighs> High quality. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeeves, let's go. I actually just learned Unseen Servant, so I don't even need it. Very good, sir. <laughs> I think Unseen Servant really is a masterwork butler. Oh. Truly. But you do have the masterwork studded leathers, the masterwork bucklers, more brown access cards because it is raining cards, and a couple silver discs, a little bit of gold. The rich get richer. Starwipe. I was going to say Starwipe. All right, so we take in an elevator ride to the science deck. Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And per Professor Vargas's recommendation, we are going to remove the conduit after we have come up. Oh, man. Who's going to be removing that conduit? Who's canonically faster than lightning? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be Asher, right? Well, this would cheer me up a bit. And he does just effortlessly leap up to try and pull this down with a a natural 19 for a 29 reflex save. And once again, lightning is just no <laughs> match for the gunslinger. <laughs> it cheers Jeff like, up tremendously. And I think Asher's that. mood is a little bit brightened as well. <laughs> we should perhaps put this in the hands of the gear father for safekeeping I think that's wise certainly nobody would abuse technology in town certainly not the gear father of any of those folks there's no way it's the most trustworthy he says agreed (laughs) alright well Sam we're gonna kill those little blood gushers I think montage alright sounds like a plan as you head over to the room that contains the blood gushers i'm gonna go ahead and say that since these things are cr1 you all are a fourth level party that just won rounded gearsman and these things have an ac of seven and a move speed of 10 and they can't even actually see you i'm comfortable hand waving this one you have killed the leprosy pinatas. You did it. And we've outraged at least six people who've stopped listening, but hey, maybe they'll come back around. <laughs> Anything in that room? Can we toss the old Perceptioni in there? Well, this sprawling container, or this sprawling chamber, some chambers are also containers. On uh, this one is a container of many desks, tables, and chairs, arrayed before a number of broken pieces of equipment and machinery. There's dried residue of liquid spilled from smashed containers, which creates a heavy stench in the air. Pieces of glass litter the floor, and it looks like there's broken vials, flasks, and beakers all smashed on the floor. Workstations that have just fallen apart probably in a long, long time ago. And sifting through this room, there just doesn't look like there's anything of interest here other than the popped pinatas of leprosy. And um, you're all free to gather up shiny little bits of leprosy to take home with you and share with the youths (laughs) hey youths make some shiny leprosy bits (laughs) yeah 18 perceptions kind of kicking around all the shattered bits doesn't uncover anything of value no batteries doesn't look like there's anything of use in here this room is just there to give you diseases fabulous It's true. Onward to our next murder. (laughs) Onward to our next murder. Very capable for story. (sighs) Uh, There are two doors to the plant friend's room. Which one are you taking? What if we went through both doors? Huh? (laughs) I'm just a flanking maneuver. That actually might not be a bad idea. Alright. I'm gonna do it on down to the hallway from the south then. Pincher maneuver. Very well. <laughs> okay, both of our characters capable of using range combat are going that direction. <laughs> Alright, I'll swap with one of you. Yeah, I was like, what well, that seems like a <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Vargas. Okay. <laughs> It'll be Vargas because you're standing on top of him. This, like, a 3-2-1 kick down the door and charge the plant kind of deal? Asher Chamber is a non-adamantian, just a mundane round. Uh, well, since my shield is gone, I imagine, because it's only minutes per level, I'm going to take a second and cast Invisibility on myself. Whoa. And then, yes. Well, that's right. You didn't do Mage Arm. You did Shield. I did both. Oh. Oh, that's right, because it was a stack. Yeah, one's deflection, one's, yeah. It's good. I think Vargas is also going to cast Long Arm. Yeah, because that'll be good for four minutes. So that should hopefully be plenty of time for us to beat this plant to death. 
not to meta, but we just know this is the last fight in here, <laughs> so I'm ready to just murder the heck out of this thing. <laughs> Alright, so uh, why doesn't everybody roll for initiative since you're bursting in? You're all going to get surprise rounds, but the doors are closed at this point. Uh, so how about uh, Brixby? What's his initiative? Brixbo rolled an 11 for a 14. Alright, and Kira? Uh, 12 for a 17. And how about Asher? A natural 19 for a 23. And Vargas? Vargas had a 17 for a 19. Alright, you're all nice and speedy. You are all going ahead of Plant Friend. Not that you know that. Plant Friend's probably gone. You don't even know if he's there. And you have a surprise round, so Asher is up first. The doors are closed, even though I deleted them. Sure. So that, so a surprise round, you get a move or a standard. So for his move, he opens the door, I guess? Whoa. That was totally unexpected. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on. What we'll, we'll is Asher for his move action will open the door. Way more confident. And Asher, once he opens the door and can see Plant Friend inside, needs to make a will save. Awesome. Natural 20 for a 26. All right, Asher's fine. <laughs> that brings us to Vargas. And before you do anything, why don't you make me a will save? Will do. Okay, that is a 25. Sky metal. Wow. All right, so you're fine. Even though you can see this weird thing and it seems to be messing with your head just being able to see it you're fine you can take your move or attack uh he is going to use his second level spell of the day to cast bladed dash actually before i do that are those chairs like really there nah they're flavored chairs okay flavored chairs you can run right through them they'll bounce out of the way they're on wheels so he is going to blur and end right here. And as he gets into this square, while he's going by, he is going to make his attack. A 17 to hit. Uh, 17 will hit. That is an 8 damage. And it is magical. Yeah. Alright, and that all seems to go through. And that is his turn. Poor plant friend. Mm. Alright. <laughs> and we're up to Kira's surprise round. That door is still closed. I will open the door. Also dramatically and confidently. Aha! And then I'll make a will save. And then you'll make a will save. Hey, that's not bad. 13 plus... 4. 17? Alright, so you're fine, even though seeing this creature brings back all those memories of that time you failed to save and it was mysterious and weird and you didn't know what was going to happen. But you still seem fine. And that brings us to Brixby's turn, and since he can see the creature as well, let's get that will save out of the way real quick. Someone's got to fail, right? Let's see. What? Where am I at? Ah, oh, it wasn't me this time. That's a 14 on the die, plus 4 for an 18. So I'm very disappointed that you've all passed this will save. That's very sad. Uh, but Brixby can take his half turn. And he will indeed take that half turn to make a ranged touchy do against Plant Friend. Ho 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 ho. Okay, against his flat-footed <laughs> touch. <laughs> Is it a nine? A nine, Sam? Does a nine hit? Um, I'm sorry, that is going to be a miss. So Brixby becomes visible as he shoots a Scorching Ray wide. Tried your best. 
Alright. And the surprise round is over. Plant Friend didn't get a turn in the surprise round. Because he was too surprised. So we are back around to Asher. Asher is going to stride into the room. 5, 10. Looks like most of the square is open. 15 feet north. Putting him clear shot to the east of Plant Friend. And he's going to say to him, them, it. I found out what you mean by red food. And I couldn't stand to let you consume the innocent people of this town. He is going to swift action, spend a grip point to focus his aim, and fire a mundane bullet. Yikes. That's uh, that's an 11 against flat-footed touch. Gross. <laughs> an 11 will hit. Hey. Oh, thankfully. Two on the dice. So I didn't want to say it on air because I would jinx it. This dice had only rolled 18, 19, or 20 in the last, like, four or five rolls, and I was like, keep riding the hot hand. Natural two. Now that two's not a misfire? No, no, it's just a one, because I'm not using uh, alchemical paper cartridges. All right, all right, just checking. Yeah, sadly, we looked at our financials before the app last time, and we didn't actually have the 8,300 gold I'd need to make my pistol reliable. So there's still a misfire chance. I blame Torch and just the failure of leadership at a municipal level. Same. I mean, this is really the importance of having a balanced budget. <laughs> at least 8,000 for Wayward Finders. That makes sense. Adventurers. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the, the literal, the entire party's reward <laughs> for finding Connor Baderblade and the Torch. Yes, I'd like you to upgrade this one item, please. <laughs> uh, no, that is, uh, with the focused aim bonus, 10 points of bludgeoning and piercing damage. Ow. Ow, says the plant. And it is Vargas's turn. Okay, Vargas is... Well, it's a plant, so if it's anything like the pygmies, the shocking grass will not do anything. So instead for his full action spell combat he's going to use arcane mark so first thing he's going to do is roll his concentration check it is a seven sets so of 19 had to be to 15 that's good first hit so that's going to be an 18 and that's regular ac 18 will hit and that will be six damage and then he gets his actual attack which will be a 17 17 also hits ooh nice that is a 6 on a d6 so that is 9 points of damage and plant friend didn't even get a turn and he just collapses into a pile of smoosh hooray and in all your minds you just hear why I thought you were my friends. No, you didn't. I just no. wanted red food. No. <laughs> no one loves me. I mean, <laughs> Kira probably feels guilty, but Izzy is like, mm, you definitely tried to murder us, so I don't feel that bad. I'm a literal baby from space. <laughs> You're monsters. <laughs> I was just chilling here. I know it's true. Mans was just vibing on a table. Like, literally and figuratively vibing. <laughs> and, like, we just sealed Team them after having some uneasy peace. We just... And we all slip. Our alignment goes down a step chaotic neutral <laughs> you made us kill a space baby out of your paranoia gunslinger <laughs> yeah it's asher's fault what about uh asher's theory did he look bigger than he looked a couple days ago no nah, he seemed the same nah yeah uh, that was not asher's theory that was jeff's absurd and asher's loses paladin powers as his alignment switches to neutral you hate to see it. All right, then. Now I'm a, an ex-paladin. 
if you take a level one anti-paladin, you can kick a pig. That's a oh, deep Pathfinder joke for the anti-paladin art is inexplicably kicking a pick to show how evil they are. <laughs> I don't know why they chose that initially, but it has always just brought great joy to me every time I've thought about them. Just, I'll find, find it, it for you guys, don't you worry. Googling. Anything on this table that we couldn't really get to before? Um, let me just see. The table appears to be like a broken machine, and it's still humming away, but it looks like... It used to hold like a, a sphere that was like a terrarium of like uh, mud or dirt and maybe uh, plant material that was in there, but it's all broken now. It's just vibrating, like sort of trying to do whatever it was it used to do before it broke. Okay. And no, not powered by a battery, powered by the ship's reactor, which you could try to steal, but might not go well. But since you're bad guys now. Big kicking bad guys. <laughs> I want this tattooed on my body. <laughs> Thank you, Paizo, for just immortalizing this as badness. Yeah. I mean, but how evil could they be, right? I mean, it's not like they're out here kicking pigs. <laughs> That's exactly what the brainstorming meeting looked like. <laughs> and then they're just like, get on the phone. Call the artist right now. <laughs> I know you had them stabbing an innocent person, but let's up the ante, kicking a pig. And a cute pig, too. That's true. The pig looks so sad. I'm going to just do a quick perception the room for anything else. Not great. Five on the die brings me to a 14. (gasps) Natural 20. Plus uh, nine perception? Um, Yeah, between the two of you. It doesn't look like there's anything of interest left in this room. Except a dead, dead plant friend. So Kira scours the room, ignoring the pile of dead plant. I was like, all right, looks good. All clear, except for plant friend, but what are you going to do? I thought you loved me. Why would you think that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. So... Uh, Bricks will turn back to everyone. It seems uh, we've neutralized all the threats. Do we, aside from Sandville, Geralt Sonder, have any other unfinished business under here? Is there another body chilling somewhere? There's a, There was the mold body. Yeah, did we... Um, that was the Geralt Sonder body, yeah. It was? Cool. And then we have Sandville minus some brain. And so that's it, right? Pygmy bodies? Should we remove the pygmy bodies? I thought we left them, no? Yeah, the bry bodies um, are still there somewhere. Those are icky. Yeah, I think we only took their things and gave them to the father yeah we took their we took their uh, holy symbols and brought them along um but i think we i only asked because it seems like our last act under here is just possibly doing what we do better than almost anything else <laughs> dragon dead bodies perhaps we should take uh, several days to climb the rope down into the darklands Check in with our old friends, the Skulks. Sort of just doesn't seem right coming in and out of their former home without the friendly Yusak that has so warmed our hearts. It has been a while. We could just drop a note down there. This is how we start playing like Second Darkness or Extinction Curse (laughs) or something. (laughs) It's just that one comment and then here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Don't get me wrong, it might be interesting to see what the Skulks are up to, but, uh, I suppose we should get heading to Scrapwall as quickly as we possibly can. Indeed. Speaking of which, uh, how do we get to Scrapwall? With a knowledge geography... Would that be helpful to sort of ascertain the best method of travel or quickest way to get there? 
I know bricks rode around on like rivers and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think that you really need a, a knowledge check because um, you know, at least generally, where Scrapwall is. It's about 105 miles away overland. And, um, and I'm sure there's people in town that could give us like a good route. Yeah, I was just wondering, I was just making, making conversation, you know, as we were leaving, if anybody had any regional knowledge of how we were getting the scrap wall. Well, if you'd like to get into mechanically um, what's available, the walk is about 105 miles, which um, is, Brixby, is Brixby's walking speed um, 20 feet? Yes. Um, so an average day of walking um, is... 16 miles for a 20-foot walk speed. Um, that's if you're walking eight hours a day, but anything more than that is a forced march, and you have to do, like, saves and stuff. There's also, you know, you could buy horses um, since you are rich, and horses go faster. Or you could um, sail on a ship, but the problem with sailing on a ship, even though it is faster, is basically from Torch, you would have to go south um, and around Hajath Hokados and then north to actually get there so it's much less direct and you you travel a lot farther so yeah because we'd be riding what is it the seven tiers to the selen or the selen to the seven tiers one of those two right right one of them goes east west yeah. the other goes north south so yeah i think bricks following that would be i've uh, traveled a bit on the selen and the seven tiers now it heads to the northwestern portion of Numeria. I don't know if that's the most direct route. Usually avoid going through those hills. Um, and then the, the other major um, thing to consider is something that Vargas is probably pretty familiar with. Is north of Torch, there's a canyon known as the First Blades Path. Legend has it that it's... Um, Gorham dragged his sword across the landscape. This is a 300-mile-long canyon that in places is miles wide, and in some places it's pretty narrow, but there's only a few places where there are crossings. Um, you can go all the way over to the river to go around it. Yeah, it's basically the Numerian Grand Canyon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or There are some bridges, but they're you know controlled by Khalids for the most part, so you have to work through it with them and, and go some out of the way to get across. We have one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'll just burn a grip point and get that extra move speed and do a long jump. <laughs> See y'all later, suckers. <laughs> I will hurl Kingsley across the canyon. <laughs> I think the, the reasonable course of action is just to get a couple horses for Sandville's cart slash Buick and we'll just ride in style. It's a road trip. But we don't know where it is. Uh, I forgot. It's not a terrible idea, honestly. I did sort of forget about the cart. Well, we do. I found it. So I told everybody else oh. about it. Yeah. Okay. I must have missed that part. Edit that out. Right? I did find it. Didn't I find it? I found it. Yeah, I told you all about it. Yeah, I rustled through it and it had like some maps and some weird stuff, but nothing useful. So, yeah, I think that's honestly a great idea. It's Because like, I, would, I would say that or river travel seems like our best bet. We have a map, Sam, uh, Brixby does, of where the robot was stashed. Is that along our path towards Scrapwall? I'm just curious if Sandville would have stashed anything else there, if that was like his hidey hole. Um, the stash, he uh, the map he gave you... Uh, sort of heads out to the southwest, or sorry, southeast of Torch um, in the direction of Hajath Hakados. So it's out of the way, but it's not super far. All right, well, I guess we're having this conversation as we drag the bodies out of the water as usual. Um, maybe we can get the youths to help us drag the bodies this time or something towards their like college credit. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they're just waiting there with a with a wagon at this point. Like we know the drill. You guys come down and you come up with bodies. I might as well make it decent. Hand them a couple coppers. 
Here, youths. Take these bodies. Go back to your parents. <laughs> it's a body hauling service. Radley's just like, I've moved the graveyard to the coast of this because you pull so many dead bodies. We just bury them right here. It's fine. It's cool. I mean, he was canonically digging extra graves, was he not? Yeah, that's true. That's true. He knew. (laughs) He knew what was up. He's the big bad. He knows. Maybe, oh, he's taking all those robots and bodies because he's combining them to be like a hellion Voltron and he is hellion the bones always land in a spiral <laughs> always <laughs> well goodbye mountain yeah this is it I guess we're done with you yeah you you have finished the maps under the hill and I think you've You've officially explored all there is to explore down here, and I think that despite any promises that may or may not have been made at the beginning of this episode, this is the conclusion of book one. So congratulations to all of you. They have completed Fires of Creation, book one of Iron Gods. Woo! And um, next time we will be picking it up in book two of the Iron God's Adventure Path, The Lords of Rust. I had this hope that we could actually fix yeah. the ship and fly it <laughs> and have this, like... Just destroy mm. Torch. No. I'm not... Man, oh Okay, man. I kill one space baby and all of a sudden I'm here to <laughs> destroy a town. Yeah. I think that's a bit extreme. Well, no, I mean, if the ship took off, the city is built on top of it. <laughs> I am so glad that we have 100% recorded that statement. That is the reason why we are still running Audacity, no matter if we're recording an app or not. Just one. Book two teaser. So I killed the space baby. That's going to be in the next trailer. Yeah. I guarantee it. One space baby. Come on. We've all done it. There'll be so many more space babies for you all to kill in book two. Oh, it's true. I do like the idea of Jeff's plan of us just Sokovia-ing them all the way over to the... Yeah, I didn't mean you would like drop anything. I was just pointing out that like the city is built on top of it. Like if it takes off, you're going to destroy the town whether you want to or not. Yeah. just pick the whole hill up and yeah at the very least you would be literally stealing the torch instead of just stealing its energy oh they won't have a torch anymore anyway (laughs) sorry 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 bye well we'll give it back when they give us that 20 percent discount well i'm going to bed (laughs) good night sam Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. <laughs> nice book, Sam. Yay, Sam. Woo. Nice work, Sam. Nice work, Neil Spicer. That's Sam. Yeah. Nice. Nice work, everybody. Thank you, Neil Spicer. Thank you. of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. We'll have to antagonize a different author starting next session. Oh, yeah. No, I'm keeping an eye out for whoever you are, book two Lords of Rust author. 
but to you, Nicholas Logue. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, he's great. Wonderful. I'm very much looking forward to this. Although we're all gonna die in the book that Crystal Fraser wrote, I guarantee. Mm. Hundred. Oh yeah, 100%. that's a given. <laughs> may or may not be frantically translating stuff into Urdu. I'm just edit out nearly everything I say. It'll be fine. The claps that really matter quite a bit. Like that Dwayne The Rock Johnson hit song, It Doesn't Matter. Wow. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Wyclef John, I believe? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you clap in time or not. That was so good. I'm going to go re- You know what? Pause. <laughs> gotta go listen to that. Let's call it a night. Pause for The Rock. We got our episode title. All right, and now we're back after listening to that song 14 Boom. times, and we are jazzed. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I can't wait to see Jungle Cruise. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like anyone who's played a Final Fantasy game. Sorry, we'll talked over you. Like a rock. No, go ahead. Your thing's more important. Like anyone who's played a Final Fantasy <laughs> I'm going to bed. Episode 35. <laughs> <laughs> we are professionals. Mojo working right now. Somebody talk. No, no one talks. Not an anatomically correct pig. That's mostly correct. I guess regular pigs are cute. Okay, I like pig. <laughs> <laughs> that poor pig. <laughs> yeah, it's got a real big head. That's really funny.